millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Hello and welcome to the following on podcast on the day Australia are crowned World T20 Champions. Now who saw that coming before the competition began? They'd lost T20 tournaments to the West Indies and Bangladesh and lost them badly. They got hammered by England in their group match but they have bounced back in extraordinary fashion and in Aaron Finch they have a captain well, who can't stop winning the toss, and that in the end probably proved as crucial as any part that any of the players actually paid in this, because for the tenth time in Dubai, a match played in the evening in this T20 World Cup was won by the team batting second. Of course, Finch won the toss, put New Zealand in, and New Zealand struggled to get going. After ten overs, they were 57 for one. They did get up to a magnificent 172 for four on the, when you consider how they were at the halfway mark. Thanks to Kane Williamson, the skipper was absolutely brilliant. He equalled the highest ever score in the T20 World Cup final, set by Marlon Samuels against England, with 85. 85 from just 48 deliveries, including 10 fours and three sixes. He was given a bit of support by Martin Guptill, who never really got going, 28 off 35. And Jimmy Neesham's 13 off just seven balls at the end certainly gave a little bit of much-needed impetus as well. As for the Australian bowlers, well, the standout was Josh Hazelwood. His four overs, three for 16. He was absolutely magnificent, doing exactly what his skipper needed him to do whenever he was thrown the ball. Talking of costly, Mitchell Stark's first three overs went for 50. His four went for 60. So a huge part of that uh, New Zealand innings coming from the left-arm seamer. Elsewhere, there was a good uh, spell yet again in this tournament for Adam Zampa, one for 26 from his four overs. When Australia batted, not for the first time, Aaron Finch went early, caught by Phillips in the deep off the wonderful Trent Bolt for just five. 
but then the partnership that really made sure that this cup was heading to Australia. David Warner, superb, 53 from just 38 balls, but even he was overshadowed by Mitch Marsh. 77 not out at the death from just 50 deliveries, and from the moment he came in and hit his first ball from Adam Milne for six, his second for four, and his third for four, he just set the tone. And after that, you always felt Australia were ahead of the run rate. Even then, Warner went. Glenn Maxwell came in, and a fine 28 from him, including a reverse sweep to hit the winning four, set up the victory by eight wickets and seven balls to spare. Well, Steve Harmison, delighted you're uh, able to join us and to get your thoughts on what, in the end, probably wasn't the competitive final we were rather hoping for. No, guy, it wasn't. It was. It was a good game. You know, it was. It was a. It was a very, very good game. Exciting game of of, of T20 cricket. I want to say the toss wasn't the biggest part of it, but. I just think it gives the the, the team batting second gives them so much advantage, um, and that's been it's been a shame a little bit in the tournament that's as a whole. Um, but I must admit, guy at half time, I thought, you know what, one seven two World Cup final, scoreboard pressure, runs on the board. This might be a good score. This might just be an in the it, it was an in the game score, but it might just be a good score with a bowling unit that New Zealand possess. Um, but unfortunately, New Zealand bowlers, for some reason, um, fluffed their lines. And I, and I look at, you look at Saudi, he, he had a bit of a struggle. Saudi, I really felt for, for, for Saudi because the guy, I just I just got his name, you know, literally 20 seconds ago before we came on air. Um, the guy Boswell in the, the final at Leicester all them years ago in the CNG final when the occasion got to him and he didn't really want to let go of the ball, you know, Sodi's last over, you could see he was playing in a World Cup final. He did not want to let go of that ball, and he was dragging it down. He bowled three wides. It's, and I'm a good one for talking about wides, but yeah, <laughs> look, this is, you know, you look when you look at it. Santner didn't bowl that that great, and I, New Zealand didn't turn up with the ball. If they did, they would have made a great contest of the game, but they didn't. And you know, when you when you think one seven two on a board World Cup final, the way these pitches have been. Aaron Finch goes inside 10 balls. You're thinking, wow, we've got a chance here if you're New Zealand. And then Mitch Marsh hits the first ball, his first ball out the ground for six. And then he hits two balls later. He hits 4-4 and you're thinking, how good does this guy look? All of a sudden, he'd never look back, did he? What an innings by Mitch Marsh. I think Adam Zampa, for me, has been the bowler of the tournament, if not the player of the tournament. And he might get that a little bit later on. Um, But I think, you know, you know, fair play to Australia. This has been a, a great chase. I've had a I had a go 24 hours ago of, of of Glenn Maxwell saying either Big Show doesn't turn up in the big occasions, and in the in the IPL he's been relatively poor and he keeps going for lots of money. Well, I can safely put my size 12s back in my mouth because I thought he played a gem of an innings. I really did. I thought Maxwell played. He thought about his game. It, normally when Max, when he comes in, tries to hit every ball for six and more often than not against good bowlers, he holds out on the boundary um, and he gets out. But I thought he, he batted beautifully alongside Mitch Marsh and um, I'm happy to say at the start of the tournament, watch for Australia. They are going to be the dark horses and the outsiders. And I also did say if David Warner, if you write David Warner off, just be careful 
because this guy is class as permanent, along with Owen Morgan. You know, these two are proper, proper players. Um, and when it comes to the big occasion, more often than not, they stand up for their country. And I thought Warner got off, off to a good start um, against a bowling attack who just wasn't quite at it, minus obviously Trent Bolt, I thought was excellent. Yeah, I, I was going to go into that with you a bit, Harmy, because this final was largely billed as the bowling team of the tournament. Yeah. That is New Zealand, and they have been sensational throughout this tournament, the bowlers and the batsmen of Australia. Australia playing with only four recognised bowlers. They have to scrape together the other four overs from whoever fancies turning their arm a bit, and they were expensive today as well, the part-timers so they can have the extra batsmen. They didn't need it today because three of the four top four batted so well. But, yeah, for the for New Zealand, particularly after how close they got in the 50-over World Cup final, this was a chance for redemption to have that feeling that with the exception of Trent Bolt, who two for 18 or four, and his last over went for 10. He, that was just brilliant bowling throughout from him. And Williamson had to bring him back to get Warner out to try and stop things much earlier than he'd wanted to. But with that exception, how difficult is it for a bowler to go home knowing that they haven't given of their best in the in such a massive match? Yeah, I think... I think there's two things in that guy. I think they have given their best in, you know, they've tried their hardest, their utmost to, to, to do what they can for their country. But unfortunately, they've fallen short, whether it's um, the pressure's got to them and it can do. You know, I sound like a broken record every time I say this because I say this quite a bit, but sport is played by human beings and not by robots. These guys are mentally, they've got to get in a position to to go and, and play on the big occasion and more often than not it's the world it's the world stars that do that you can think of the football world you can think of the golfing world in the golfing world you know the the, the, the top 100 players in the world can all hit at 350 yards 320 yards you know draw it fade it good chippers good putters but unfortunately when it comes to the majors it's the same 10 players in the on on the on the back nine on Sunday afternoon are the ones that contest the majors all the time because mentally at the big occasions they stand up and that unfortunately for New Zealand didn't happen for their players today apart from what you would say is their two they're two guns. They're two proper, proper players. They're, you know, they're, they're Ronaldo's, they're Messi's, they're Tiger Woods, they're, you know, they're, they're Rory McIlroy's. Cain Williamson and Trent Bolt in a World T20 final or a World final, they stood up for their country today on a, an occasion which was obviously high pressured. And they, they did what champions do, you know, but Williamson, 85 or 48 balls and Bolt, two for 18 or four. How that's good how innings con- what? Unbelievable, how- unbelievable. How they're on the losing side, how that's on the losing side. I was, you know, I sat for a bit and I was talking, I was talking to my son, you know, Char- me and Charlie talking about it and I was saying, nah, New Zealand win this. How many times has somebody got 80 or, f- 80 or 50 balls been on the losing side in a G20 match? Very rare. And he's been on the losing side, but with seven balls to go, which is, which is just crazy. And that, for me, tells you, I think the pressure got to the other nine New Zealand players. Um, they didn't, they didn't perform as well as their captain did or their champion players did throughout this T20 match. And I mean, when you look at the Australian players, 
uh, here's a wood who, you know, I've got it. I've got it in my notes from the. Yeah, yeah, he got in my notes from the the Pakistan game, and when I and I said, you know, that Australia can improve, and the two players that need to improve before Sunday's final is Hazelwood had not for 49 or four and Stark had two for 38 or four and Stark not for not for 60 he went round he literally went round the park but Hazelwood came back came good um, and he, he got his three for 16 and, and limited to New Zealand to, to 172 so yeah all in all I think New Zealand didn't deserve to win the final because collective unit they didn't play well enough two of their champions played brilliantly but Australia as a unit played better than, than New Zealand and that that's sometimes it's not good enough to win guy in 2020 cricket because somebody will just play an innings out of nowhere and blow you away but today I think the collective unit deserved to win this cricket match and that was Australia because not what not for what Mitch Marsh did but I think yeah, the whole batting unit of Australia um, turned up, performed and, and got themselves in a position to get themselves over the line and deserve to be champions. That sees us with Australia crowned world champions at T20. It's been a pretty interesting competition, though, throughout, and we'll be talking about that more after the break. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean, there truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, truly the best place to be a cricket fan. Welcome back. Right, throughout this tournament we have seen key moments that have won matches for one team or the other. Whether it's trying to hit a six over the top of Jason Holder, who happens to be six foot nine and when he's jumping about 12 foot eight and being caught out rather than going over the boundary. Two, walking out to a World Cup final and smashing your first ball for six. Story of the day. Harmy, the moment of the day, story of the day, 
it was that six from Mitchell Marsh. It was, Guy, it was. I think if New Zealand win, it would be the story of the day, unfortunately. For Josh Hazelwood, who bowled brilliantly, three for 16 off four overs, would have been the drop catch. And Williamson going on to win this, the, the, the game for his side. And that would have been the story of the day if New Zealand had got there. But to hit the first ball, 90 mile an hour, yeah, out the ground for six. I think that's the story of the day because not only did he do that, he went on two balls later to hit, I think, a four and a four. And it just changed the you know, the, the way the, the New Zealand's body language in this in this game looked because I think from that six, it seemed to release Warner. And then all of a sudden, because he had hit the, the boundary early, it's like the pressure was off, and he could he could just he could get himself into his innings. I think he had he had 14 off about five balls, um, and all of a sudden, if you've got normally if you've got you know, seven off seven, are we seen in the first first innings? Guptill really struggle because he was behind the eight ball because he had faced a lot of balls and and he had then hold out. All of a sudden, Marsh is now ahead of the ahead of the rate, and because he's done that, he's bought himself a little bit of time. And time is so precious in 2020 cricket. Um, so for me, the story of the day, the moment of the day, was definitely the first ball Mitch Marsh faced, which he dispatched into the gra- into the crowd. Yeah, and even though Adam Milne did actually fight back pretty well after that, that was the scene set, and suddenly the run rate always looked very much within reach as far as Australia were concerned, particularly with the inform once again, David Warner. What a redemptive tournament this has been for him. He was being written off. He couldn't even get in the the 15-man squad in the IPL, and you felt as if maybe his day had passed. But as you said, Army, earlier, you write that man off at your peril. And uh, several teams who may have written him off in this tournament have, have come to rather regret it. They have, yeah, Guy. And I think Warner's a fantastic player player um i remember playing with david warner a very very young david warner at durham when he first came over he came on the scene and david warner's a nice guy i've got a lot of time for david warner um as a cricketer and as a person sometimes he crosses the line and he needs criticized and rightly so i've criticized him when he do cross the line there's things that you think right you've just gone over but he plays on the edge he needs to play on the edge all the time because that that's what gets the best out of Davy Warner um, and I would love him I'd love to have him in my side because he's a winner he's a natural winner because the, the standards he sets himself but the you know the, the things that he demands on others and which is you know making sure you, you're doing your job properly so I look you know form is the, the old cliche form is temporary but you, you know the class is, is always permanent and when you come up against or when you come in the big stage and the big occasions i.e. finals semi-finals you look for your big players to turn up and David Warner didn't disappoint for me he didn't disappoint I thought he was excellent in the field you know he's that little Jack Russell in the field because if you remember at guy after what happened in South Africa in Cape Town he then became everybody's nicest he became a nice man and everybody and I remember saying I remember saying quite a few times I want the old David Warner back <laughs> because I don't want him to be friendly with the opposition I don't want him to be friendly with the Barmy Army I want him to be that aggressive little Jack Russell that terrier that is there because that's what brings the best out of David Warner and I think slowly but surely that David Warner's coming back I think he understands the game and he understands you know where the line is now 
Um, and I think he's 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 a fantastic player. He is a fantastic player, and you know I haven't haven't spent a little bit of time with him in his in his in his early years. I actually like him because he's a nice guy as well. You know, he's not he's not what everybody you know perceives him to be. There is a there is a kind heart in there. I think you've just got to follow him on social media to see what a great family man he is. Um, there is there is the David Warner that goes on the field, and there's a David Warner that's off the field. Um, and I think I think he, uh, he deserved his success because, you know, when when a champion stands up in a final, gets 50 like he has done, wins the game, well, helps win the game for his side. Um, uh, yeah, he deserves all the praise that he, he he should get because he's been kicked more often than not. So, as much as I'm talking nicely about an Australian, <laughs> um, it's I think you you also got you've got to show a huge amount of admiration for somebody who has been at the top for a long, long time in the shorter format of the game, um, and he deserves his his winner's medal. That's a, a a perfect way now to to move on. We 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 paid tribute to someone who's been instrumental in Australia's success, um, but that success has been hard won, and not the only success of the tournament, of course, because we saw the smaller teams. If if you don't, if, if that's not an offensive um, description of them, the the, the non-test playing countries battling for a place. In, in this the final 12 of this T20 World Cup. And guess who made it? And we'll be back again for the next T20 World Cup next year. Scotland. That was a really nice way to start the, the, the tournament off, I felt, as, as uh, f- for British fans of the sport and not just English fans. Absolutely, Guy. And I think the, for the first time, for the first time, not ever, because I'll be kicking them too much that, but for the first time in a long time, the ICC have actually got something right where they've, they've made the Associated Nations part of the tournament, but not dragged the big big guns into it. So, and what I mean by that is, you know, normally you'll get five or six of the Associated Nations playing in a, playing in a tournament, and a lot of the games are all one-sided, and it is, it's not great cricket. You're taking t- two, three weeks out of the calendar for teams who are like the likes of India, England, Australia, South Africa, all the big guns that don't really need that time out of the calendar. Um, and what you're doing is you're basically saying, right, we're going to have a competition within a competition and the winners, you know, they get the the, you know, the, the chance of the, the big, you know, the big fish at the end of it, which would be to be in the group with, with, you know, with the, the big boys and for Scotland to be in the, in the, in the competition with the likes of India and Pakistan, New Zealand, who have gone on to the, to the final, I think it's fantastic. I think it is. I think it's really good. And I think that's that needs to steer. You know, I want the emerging nations to get better. I want the emerging nations to to play this beautiful game we all love at the highest level possible, within the boundaries and scopes, which are in not devaluing tournaments. And I think that way is having their own tournament. And if you do well in that tournament, you get you get well rewarded, which is financially will be great. And then you get to play five games against. You know the big boys, and and hopefully you can either make an upset, make a name for yourself, but also you can educate not only the people that are playing in the game for that country, but also the people at home. I think there's a lot of people in Scotland who have really enjoyed watching Scotland play. And Kyle Kurtz has been a great is a great leader for that team, and and I'm I'm so pleased for Scotland the way they've the way they've performed, and they've been on the Critic Collective once 
I think three times throughout the tournament, whether it's, you know, with Shane Berger, their coach, who's, who's led them very, very well, and also Namibia as well. So if they can keep doing that, the ICC, then I think the, you know, the world of cricket is in a better place. You're listening to the following on podcast. Scotland, of course, they qualified for the, for the last 12. We have to mention, was this a good tournament or not? As far as England are concerned, India, of course, we could talk about, but time is 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 getting against us here. But Harmy, you, your thoughts on on England in this tournament came in as many people's favourites, the number one ranked team in the world. Good or bad World Cup for Owen Morgan and his men? No, good World Cup for me. Good World Cup, lost on one over. Uh, the game, the game was England's. It was all England's until Jimmy Neesham um, hit Chris Jordan. In that one over, I'll not, you'll not get me having a go. There are, I've seen on Twitter in the last, I think I've seen on Twitter in the last couple of days, people having a go at Morgan. Yeah, Owen Morgan will have to question whether he still warrants a place and values a place in this side. He'll have to do that himself. I personally would like Owen Morgan to stay. I think he is too good of a leader. And I think if he's, if he, even if he's sort of four or five runs short, then somebody else batting in that, that place at number four and number five over the course of a, a year's period. I think his captaincy makes that up and more. So if if you if you think Stokes has got to fit back in somewhere, if you think somebody else could maybe get you know over the course of the year four or five, ten runs more than what Bowen Morgan would, I still think his captaincy is worth more than that. So I I still would like him to stay on as leader. Um I think England have had a good tournament and you know, these things happen, Guy, and you, you have one over which completely changed the context of the game. And that's what happened with Jordan in, in that game against Jimmy Neesham. Um, I, I would nearly, I'm not a big one for social media guy of replying to people. Um, and I've obviously, I've been critical of, of Joffre Archer in the past. And Joffre Archer, he, so there was an article wrote in, I think it was the Cricketer this week, uh, and Joffre Archer took offence to it about Chris Jordan. And I thought his response was brilliant. I thought Joffre's response was brilliant. And I would have tweeted back saying, basically saying, you know, Joffre's, because he, he took some stick for it. Oh, you're just backing your mate up. And I thought he's not backing his mate up here. He's backing his profession up. You know, Joffre Archer puts himself in a position. I'm sorry, Chris Jordan put himself in a position to bowl two of the last three overs from one end in a semi-final of a, a World T20 and he got he got carted. He got he got he got hit out of the park. You know, somebody can bat well, somebody can bowl well, and that's the difference between winning the game. And I think that was the difference between winning and losing the game for England. So I think Joffre was I knew what he was saying, he was trying to defend his profession, the bowling profession. And if England were playing tomorrow and there was three overs from one end left, and then there was they needed they needed ten, twelve and over like Nisham did or more. If it wasn't for if Archer was injured, I'd throw the ball to Chris Jordan and I would do it again. I'd throw a ball to Chris Jordan again. So for me, it was one over that cost England the tournament. But these things can happen in 2020 cricket because, you know, the, the, the nature of the game. So for me, I thought England played very, very well in this tournament. Um, and it's a big tick in the box for everybody that was involved. It just unfortunately, they got beat um, and they got they got knocked over by somebody who was absolutely brilliant in Nisham for for one over out of the out of the twenty. So you know, fair play to to New Zealand for win for beating England. But I think England did a did well in this tournament. Now another person or another another person who did very well in this tournament 
was of course Justin Langer, the coach of Australia, who coming into this was under pressure from Australian fans, under pressure from the Australian media, and even we heard from within the Australian camp. But Justin Langer has turned this ship around and is now the coach of a World uh, Cup winning team. Pretty good tournament as far as Justin Langer's concerned. Yeah, absolutely. I think Langer will have a, a quiet beer um, with obviously his coaching staff. Somebody I know very, very well, played with him for years and top man, Michael DiVinito, Surrey won Surrey the, the championship, I think it was, uh, when he was coached there. And I seen Diver on the TV. He was involved in that. Look, there's when you're at the forefront of international sport and you're in charge, then you have an indifferent deer and that's it. Everybody's wanting your head. Um, unfortunately for Australia, something I would never really enjoy. They had a fly in the wall documentary where everybody could see what was going on on, I think it was on Amazon, um, during the ashes that was in England. Um, and some people have picked up on things that Langer did and said and, and whatever. Um, and then uh, what the, what the, the guy, the, the, the thing I found it very, very difficult to, to comprehend is they criticised Justin Langer for, for his coaching ability over the course of the last year. Australia haven't played any cricket. 2020, the 2020 games they have played, they've sent a B-side. In the game that they played, they haven't travelled away from home to play test matches in COVID. They got beat off India with a from a ridiculous innings by Rishad Pant in I think it was in Brisbane in a one-off in a in a, in a game there. So look, I think Langer's a, a a good. I know Langer's a good man. I know Langer's a good man because I know him personally, and he's he is a good man, and I think he is a good coach. In it comes down to your players standing up and, and having character for themselves rather than for the coach. And I've just watched them win a World Cup. They embraced Justin Langer like the, he was very, very popular inside that group. And sometimes, uh, you know, from the outside world, you, know, you can look into too much of, of things that are, are said or done. And I think uh, I think Langer's been, uh, has been harshly, harshly treated on that front. At the end of the day, by the time... You know, middle of middle of January, Justin Langer could be a, a World Cup winning coach and an Ashes winning coach as well. So, uh, I I think the I think he'll have a a nice smile on his face when he's when he's having that beer and he goes back to Australia in a in a position will Justin say something to shut a few people up? I think he actually might. What is going to happen tomorrow? So, what's going to happen tomorrow? Um, usually, after a World Cup final and nothing much happening for a while, we, we probably wouldn't run this section. However, there is something happening tomorrow that is um, well quite strange, really. Uh, Justin Langer, if he's still celebrating, will be celebrating on an aeroplane heading back to Australia uh, alongside the England team, who are going to be on the same flight back to Australia for the Ashes. Um Harmy, uh, thoughts on, on 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 what might be an interesting trip? Yeah, it could be a it could be an interesting trip for for a wide number of reasons. Um, this could be one of the first times I'd really be quite happily turning right on an aeroplane guy. To be honest, if I was an Englishman, <laughs> I think yeah, you know, the the old saying it's Darren Goff's favourite saying. Yeah, you know, Darren Goff would always say, and whenever you travel with Goffy, um, 
he'll, he'll, he'll always say, no, no, you, you, you never turn right when you go up the stairs. And, he, uh, you, and I don't think Goffey's ever turned right since he's been a professional cricketer um, and then gone into his broadcasting days where he's got a few quid in his pocket that he's ever turned right on an aeroplane. He's always got to go left into the posh seats. I think this might be one of the only times I'd be quite happy to go right and go all the way to the back of the plane. Let Australia have their fun. Let them have their party because they've deserved it. Um, there's not many. I don't think there's too many, is there, uh, English players that are going on that trip. Um, the, what, six, five or six, if that, um, that'll be going to to Australia along with the coaching staff. Uh, it could be a boisterous flight, um, but hey, they enjoy their celebration. They've deserved it. They've rightly crowned world champions because they played the best cricket at the most um, crucial times. Um, and look, after what happened in Trafalgar Square in 2005, who am I to argue with anybody having a celebration um, when you win something special? You've been listening to the following on podcast from Talk Sport, and it's Australia who are crowned champions of the T20 World Cup. Harmy will be back alongside Neil Manthorpe on the Cricket Collective on Talk Sport 2 at 7pm on Tuesday, so listen out for that. This has been the following on podcast from Talk Sport. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today.